High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Maybe the final time this year, cheerleaders, but also bank robbers, James Mardson stands, and all you out there who are just looking to secure your future in a very unique way, this is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening, but first... School is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. That's right. Today is our final Cheer Monday of the year, of our sophomore year. That's because our sophomore year is coming to a close, but also we've done a lot of cheer films, ready to move on, right? (laughs) So your first homework assignment, speaking of which, is to vote for our sophomore yearbook superlatives. I keep posting the link on Twitter and on Facebook. If you need the link and you're not on social media, you can email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That's highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. Please vote. A week from today, we're going to announce the winners, and you're going to find out if you have to go to summer school or not. So I implore you, I encourage you, I assign you the assignment of voting for our superlatives. Such great categories. You want to hear some? Let's do it. So we have, hmm, oh, so this is a fun one. Best couple. The nominees are Bella and Edward from Twilight, Bella and Jacob from Twilight, Twilight New Moon, whatever you want, Laura Jean and Peter from To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, Peter and MJ, a different Peter, that's Peter Parker, of course, (laughs) Robin and Tommy from Flying, Torrance and Cliff from Bring It On, and Graham and Megan from But I'm a Cheerleader. What are you going to vote for? Or how about this category? Best Makeover. So we have Charlie Dalton Nuwanda from Dead Poet Society, Max Hauser from Hiding Out, Spider-Man from Spider-Man Homecoming, Vicky from Identity Theft of a Cheerleader, Terry from Just One of the Guys. Or how about Most Athletic? That's a fun one, too. Daniel 
from The Karate Kid, of course, is a nominee. Harry Potter from Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. He does a lot of sport-adjacent things in that film, so maybe you'll vote for him. How about that sharpshooter, Jimmy Chitwood in Hoosers? Johnny from Surf Ninjas. Mox from Varsity Blues. Robin from Flying. Scott from Teen Wolf. T-T-T-Torrance from Bring It On. And Pink Floyd from Dazed and Confused. Plenty of other categories. Like I said, vote on our Twitter. Vote on our Instagram. You can't... Wait, no, you can't vote on Instagram. I always get them confused. Sorry, guys. Check out our Instagram, but vote on our Twitter. Vote on Facebook. You'll find the link there. And one week from today, we'll announce the winners. Your other homework, of course, is the usual stuff. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Literally, it costs you nothing, and it helps me so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who have already done your homework. I can see your results, and I love it, and I appreciate it every single week. And, of course, your more relevant homework. Have you been listening to our episodes? To Sir with Love, Singing in Your Head. That was such a fun episode with John Harden and Kyle Reinfried. That aired last Friday. But again, High School Slumber Party's bi-weekly these days, and we have a Monday episode. Once again, our last Cheer Monday episode of the season. The movie was Sugar and Spice. Jenny O'Connell's here to discuss it. It's a fun one. This is a fun conversation, an interesting one. Maybe an incomplete assignment, if you will. But I'll leave it to you to determine. Hope you watch the movie. This is really, really important. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Wow, I'm really going to miss saying that if you guys don't end up going to summer school. But I'm rooting for you. I don't want you to go to summer school. I want a nice, clear summer away from each other. But who knows? We got to see your grades. And it's down to wire with this sophomore year. Only two more episodes till we determine that. Hmm. What else? What else? Did you get John Cusack to unblock us on Twitter? No. Well, I guess we should just talk about the movie, right? So pack your favorite jammies. Tell your mother you're sleeping over Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. And there's a famous scene, well, I don't know if it's a famous scene, but there is a scene in this movie where they do a little Papa Don't Preach by Madonna. So that's the song we're going to take it away with. Class dismissed.
Well, Jenny, welcome back to Cheer Mondays. I think when we first recorded, they weren't a thing yet, but I recorded like two cheerleading movies in a row, you know, but I'm a cheerleader. And also another film, a Lifetime film. And I was like, hey, why don't I just knock out all the cheer movies? (laughs) So this one came up, Sugar and Spice. But uh, before any of that... Why don't you introduce yourself in the classic high school slumber party way? All right. Hey, I'm Jenny O'Connell. I'm back again. You know, your goth, queerdo, um, not athletic guide into (laughs) the world of cheerleading, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I mean, honestly, we did, but I'm a cheerleader and had a blast doing it. And then when I decided to do the series... I didn't expect to have you on again, not because of, you know, anything you did or anything like that. <laughs> okay, that's <but> good. <laughs> it was because, like, I'm like, oh, I doubt she signed up for another cheerleading film or had interest in it. Because, but I'm a cheerleader, yet yeah, it's a cheerleading film, but it has so many other things to unpack. But mm. I went to my master list that I put out years ago when I first started this podcast, and I saw your name on, on the side of this film, and the only person who had signed up for it, I'm like, hey, that's I wasn't expecting that. Right? I'm <laughs> full of surprises, even to myself. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I mean, I might as well ask you, and I think I said it with the, the pretense of, like, hey, you don't have to do this. I'm just curious if you're still interested, and you happily agreed, so yep. I have to ask. Why Sugar and Spice? Why did you sign up for it originally? Had you seen the movie before? What's your history with this film? So my history with this movie is I did not see this before, but I vividly remember the DVD cover. You got three hot cheerleaders on the cover (laughs) and you got a small town gay kid just like oh shit you know you see you see pretty ladies and you try to try to like cool it and be like nah nah this mm, this isn't anything gay like mm, you know no no queerness here just you know really want to want to see this movie (laughs) for unexplained reasons so I never ended up renting the movie because no money (laughs) and like it wasn't something that like my my like mom who would like take me to like blockbuster when that was still a thing like it's not like she was like oh yeah sugar and spice let's watch it it was just kind of like no we're not gonna go with that one (laughs) (laughs) so i never watched it i kind of forgot about it and then it didn't it was on your list i guess years ago so like past me (laughs) you know was trying to treat future me to being like you know what let's let's realize you're like your very specific fantasy, I guess, that you didn't even remember that you had, but here you go. Because, like, <laughs> full disclosure, I think I was expecting something like a little, a little bit more. Like, I'm, but I'm a cheerleader. Like, I, I was kind of hoping for that. Spoiler alert: No. <laughs> well, I have a similar history with the film in a sense that I remember vividly the advertisements and the DVD. Or maybe it was even VHS at the time. I don't remember. Like when we made that transition where everything was one or everything was the other. There was also a time when they had both. Regardless, I really distinctly remember the ads for this film and wanting to see it, but never seeing it for whatever reason. Mm. I didn't know what to expect, but I'll say this. Like as much as this film is not great, it was still relatively harmless to me because this is one of the shortest films we have ever covered for this podcast 
I said that True. recently with uh, Beavis and Butthead Do America, but that film was an animated film, and I totally get why animated films are short. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I would be surprised if there was like a, a Point Break-esque, like, this <laughs> film is two hours long, being like, what? No! <laughs> <laughs> this film officially clocks at an hour and 20 minutes, but unofficially, it's much less because we open with... What do you call it? Like descriptions of the characters? And yeah. we, we end with like what happened to them after kind of written scene. Counting the credits, there are a couple montages. Really, this film is probably a hair uh, longer than an hour if you just talk about the substance of it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not like it was like terrible. Like we'll, we'll get into it because I did watch it. You know, I watched it all the way through. <laughs> I didn't pause like, you know, when I tried to watch La La Land when that came out where I just could <laughs> fucking not deal with that movie. <laughs> so, you know, this is also why I'm not a theater kid despite doing theater in high school where I'm just like, yeah, got that, that goth shit. <laughs> <laughs> unlock right there but yeah yeah i did like the opening credit like mug shot you know it was very yeah. like, early 2000s i'm like oh this is cute and you it's know? a pretty iconic image i remembered it like yeah i remembered almost nothing about this film except the you know the cover and the imagery but they certainly got that on lockdown they did my first note i was watching it for a while and i really thought that the the main cheerleader was diane I guess is her name, is like mm-hmm. Anna Ferris. And oh. it's not Anna Ferris. Nope. And I just want Anna Ferris to know that someone stole her face. Like she needs to report <laughs> that crime because someone did it. <laughs> this is a film of a lot of familiar faces and a lot of people who were not necessarily A-listers, even in the teen genre at the time, but had appeared in other teen films. We'll definitely talk about the cast a a lot here, because I want to do that. I just want to mention, though, that 2001 was, I've talked about it on the podcast before, like a huge film year for me. I looked it up once, and I must have seen so many movies that year. Like, 99 through 2001, it was like middle school going into high school. Like, I must have only watched movies. And I'm surprised I didn't see this movie, but it was definitely, definitely on my list. This is a time when teen films are coming out of American Pie. So you're actually getting a lot of them, but they're not always good. The standard for them is not crazy. You know, like you had Clueless in the 90s. You had, and again, American Pie was successful. I don't mean it in that way, but not many people were making art films that were were teen films now there are exceptions again i mean i still consider 10 things i hate about you to be an art film it's well 10 things i hate about you it really stands out in that um or like ghost world i'm like that okay so that was what i was gonna say the one like area where it was still happening was smaller independent things like ghost world like but i'm a cheerleader like uh jawbreaker you know Mm. There was still that niche, but it just wasn't at the American Pie level. And that's where this movie uh, had a lot of problems. So I did the research. There was Mm -hmm. actually some scholarship for this film. Before any of that, though, I got to do it every week. Read the back of the DVD so you guys are informed in case you didn't do your homework. So here goes. The cheerleaders are holding up more than pom-poms in this sizzling comedy about bank robberies and best friends. For the Lincoln High A-Squad... Cheering comes easy, but when team captain Diane falls in love with the star quarterback Jack, it leads to some unexpected problems for the pair. 
That's when she calls on her friends to help her out with her goal to rob a local bank branch. The rebel of the bunch, Kansas, masterminds the plan for the most outrageous heist this small town has ever seen. Can the Betty Doll bank robbers pull it off and still make it to the big game in time? Which is not the plot, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, where was this big game? That didn't happen, but okay. Will the bitter eyewitness Lisa turn them in? See what happens when the good girls go bad. Yeah, one of these that they clearly didn't read the movie, but okay. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay, so a little history on this film. And when I say this, I guarantee you're going to be like, oh, that makes so much sense. On so many levels. So it's the brainchild of a a woman named Lana Williams. She -hmm. came up with this story based on a couple things. First, it's not really based on a true story, but it's loosely based on a 1999 series of robberies in Texas. And it ended up being cheerleaders who did it. But that's like where the premise stops. So when she was writing this script, though, she put a lot of um, her own things she enjoyed in her own history in this. She actually worked on The Simpsons in the early 90s as like, you know, a low-level person, like an assistant or an intern. And she had a huge crush on Conan O'Brien. So that's where that comes in here. Because it is quite random, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to like talk about that. Oh, we will. We will, for sure. (laughs) So she originally wrote it as a black comedy, not dissimilar to Jawbreaker or other of those kind of teen movies. It was supposed to be like funny, but edgy. And again, like a ghost world or something along those lines. However, the studio, I'm guessing in my, like I'm filling in some of the gaps here, but the studio decided to change the script. I believe because movies like American Pie were so successful that they felt like they needed to market to a mass audience rather than a niche. Because, like, again, Jawbreaker, Ghost World, these films didn't make that much money. <laughs> mm. So because they changed her script so much, she asked for her name to be completely removed from it. So if you look up the screenwriter for Sugar and Spice, which I'm doing right now, it's not her. It's just like a rando name. Mandy Nelson. Mandy Nelson. Okay. Yes, it's just a fake, a fake made up name because she just is like, I don't want any responsibility here. <laughs> I mean, fair. Like, I was going to say that, like, it reminded me of like a toothless John Waters. Like, if someone just took out all mm-hmm. of John Waters' teeth and were like, you know, no. Because, like, I feel like the premise itself, I really like the idea. Yeah, you know, for sure. Of, like, and, cheerleaders and... robbing a bank. I'm like, I'm in. Give this to me. Inject it right in my veins, you know? <laughs> Imagine if it was like, yeah, like a John Waters, like 70s film with like Divine as a cheerleader. It's <laughs> just like robbing a bank. Amazing. Brilliant. Love it. I couldn't agree more. I think the premise is actually really good. I think it's something that I could have seen in that level. It's just a shame that like dreaded studio decided to make it something different, like to sanitize it, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is really disappointing. I feel like I'm really not for a lot of remakes but if someone could like remake this and like make it what the the director want and writer wanted it to be you know that would be amazing and like exactly what we need yeah i mean honestly it's so forgettable that you don't even need to remake it just do the original thing yeah. and no one's gonna be like you plagiarized <laughs> well it's like a lot of adjustments which we of course can get of course yes. Just wanted to add that she's really talented. She's still, I think, writes for a lot of TV. 
uh, Lana Williams I'm talking about. But yeah. her big film, I guess, in this genre that she wrote was Drop Dead Gorgeous a couple years before I this. I love Drop Dead Gorgeous. Ugh. Again, if they had a little bit more of that in here, too, I could see this film being a lot better. Yeah. God, I, I, I really hate studio <laughs> interference when it's, like, hacky. Like, we gotta, we gotta, you know, like, pander to the common denominator. It's like, you don't gotta do shit. Let artists make their art. Absolutely. Because this movie ended up losing money, so they were clearly wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Capitalism is never right. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know. <laughs> the original title of the film was actually kind of cool, but I get why they changed it. It was originally called Sugar and Spice and Semi-Automatics, which yeah. after Columbine, they're like, eh, not really a good look here. And I totally understand that, but that is a cool title. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Just wanted to note, because I always like to note this too, that the director is actually a woman, which is awesome because we rarely get to see that. What's not awesome is that... It doesn't seem like she got a shot after this, which we see that all too often. Yeah, yeah. If if y'all want to have like a mental picture at home, I'm trying my best to channel the the Gene Wilder like you don't say Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> like that is my reaction right there. Not surprised that like studios would blame a woman for their shitty decisions. Yeah, according to like what I'm reading online, she directed this. Sorry, her name is Francine McDougal. She directed this and after that, she I don't want to laugh at her. I'm laughing at like, "Oh my god, this fucking again because we always see this especially on this podcast when they bring in women directors and then they just don't get another shot if they fail but her three things after this were behind the camera the unauthorized story of charlie's angels a tv made for like documentary about the filming of charlie's angels go figure which was a disney channel original movie and Cowbells, another Disney Channel original movie featuring the sister duo of Allie and AJ. Oof. Oof. I'm not a, I'm, you know, I do want to cover some Disney Channel original movies here. Like, I think I'll just do like a, a featured month of a couple of them or something. I haven't seen those. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, again, full disclosure, like, I have seen some disney channel original movies but also because my heart is just black and shriveled and that was not my jam so (laughs) i i feel like i would just be like the person in the back of the theater with a cigarette like just ripping it to shreds (laughs) that's my whole thing with disney which is why you know i'm clearly hired by them yay I mean, I love you, Disney Overlord. <laughs> During quarantine, I've been watching a lot of Disney Plus because they have these amazing nature documentaries, like not just on their like Nat Geo feed, but like they do these. It's just if you want something peaceful to watch, mm-hmm. again, I'm not plugging Disney because they're the overlords. <laughs> I'm just saying if you want something peaceful to watch, you got to watch these Disney nature things because they dumb it down too. But it's there's one called Bears, for example, and it's John C. Riley narrating. <gasps> For almost two hours, the life of these two bear cubs, their whole, like a whole year in their life. Oh. 
that'll put you at ease. It's so great. It's like, what is Mama Bear up to? Like, it's, <laughs> in all his John C. Riley glory, I love it. Uh, oh my god, that sounds delightful. <laughs> my first association with bears goes directly to something else, so I kind of wish it was that documentary too. But I, I would settle for John C. Riley talking about like little little baby bears. Someone should do a cut of like gay subculture bears, but with that John C. Riley narration and just Ooh, put it together. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. One of my favorite trash shows is RuPaul's Drag Race. So like there's a, a recapper, Lee Dawson, who does these amazing parody videos. And I'm just like, Lee Dawson, <laughs> get on this. <laughs> Make this a reality. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about this cast. Uh, yeah. As I mentioned, there's a lot of people here who, I'd seen in other things, but maybe I didn't know their name, again, especially in this genre at this time. Mm -hmm. So one of our leads is Lisa, the informer. And how this movie is framed is that she's in an interrogation room and she's ratting out all the cheerleaders for their crime. It starts off, too, with like that mugshot, as you said. So we already know they got caught. It's it's not a whodunit. It's a how catch them, if you will. Yeah. Sorry. And Lisa's played by Marla, Marla Sokoloff. Now, I had recognized her from a couple <laughs> things, but have you recognized her from some things? Um, honestly, maybe, but like, no. <laughs> God, that's so shady. Because, like, honestly, I feel like it. It sounds way worse, but it's like I hated her character, but she did such a good job at like oh, yeah. being Actually, so it's... punchable. Like she was like the Pete Campbell, where I was like, "My God, you are a little shit," which means you're doing an excellent job. Continue. <laughs> it's so true, though, right? Like right? she did do a good job of being so hated. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I'm looking at her filmography. So according to IMDb, she has like 62 credits, which again, like good for her she's a really good actor well there's one i want to mention before you find yeah. it it's a movie we both have seen and it's a movie we'll cover on this podcast that no one else has seen i guarantee you because it took us a while to track it down and that's the film whatever it takes <gasps> with james franco shane west and aaron paul <laughs> yes she's one of the girls i don't know oh their names my god that, but... <laughs> yes oh shit i totally forgot i'm looking at it on imdb now her name is maggie so um oh, sure <laughs> I don't know if anyone's claimed that film. No one knows that film exists. That's why we have to cover it. It's going to be well, one of those. Well, I like, am down to cover. This? Yes. Like, the world needs to know about this beautiful garbage film that I love so much that I really genuinely hope that Vince Gilligan saw and was like, this is how I'm casting my show, y'all. I found my penguin right here. You know, I, I spoiled something, but you'll just have to tune in for that oh, it, episode it, it's awesome it's awesome it's again just a byproduct of this late 90s early 2000s let's vomit every teen movie we can yep. <laughs> she's also in um dude where's my car she's in like oh, a couple yeah. of she's in a couple of things of that era apparently she uh does like full house and fuller house like she's been in some episodes of that oh man yeah i've never watched it i'm a monster i don't give a shit about Full House. I'm so sorry, but also I, I'm not sorry at all. <laughs> I mean, it's not very good, but I think there's like a nostalgia element there. But Oh Fuller yeah, House, I totally get that. But just Fuller House, I can't being do I like, can't do 
I don't know. I just never watched it. Like it wasn't like the the show growing up that I was like, yeah, I choose this. Even from <laughs> an early age, I feel like my my taste in things, well, sometimes they were pretty conventional. It's like, nah, I had to go for the weird shit, huh? You know? <laughs> so I guess I, I would say our other lead, and she's more of the main lead, and that's Diane, the mastermind as they put her here. And she's played by Marley Shelton. And she's been in a ton of stuff too. Like I didn't know her by name, but she was a Wendy Peppercorn in the Sandlot. She was in Never Been Kissed. She was in Pleasantville. Shit. And she was in Sin City. Okay. She's worked. She's done a bunch of stuff. She has. I mean, I guess she's in all the films that I think Anna Faris is in, but isn't in. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I actually really like her. Like, I thought she did a great job. Not every member of the cast, like, rises to the occasion, like, to put it nicely. But I overall thought that, like, for what they were given, the cast, had a good grasp of that. Like, again, if this was that darker comedy that it was intended to be, then I think that you could even have the same cast, and I think they would do a good job. Oh, yeah. I feel like they might do a better job if it's, you know, like a a darker, more nuanced comedy. I'd love to see that, because I, I feel like people don't... I don't know. There's, like, this weird misconception, and I find, with acting, that it's, like... Yes, there are incredible actors who can like elevate material, but scripts are important. Like writing is important. You can have like a great actor, but they're not going to give a good performance if the writing's terrible. Like if there's no logical sense, there's only so much you can do do to make a role less shit you know like i feel like everyone needs to like remember that with like the star wars prequels that had like such good actors <laughs> that's a good call <laughs> you know Natalie portman would go like, to win what an would oscar you do yeah. with that script you know <laughs> no exactly and i think the opposite can be true too I mean, you see so many people win awards for roles and then you never see them again or you see them in something else you're like that person was in this film sometimes yeah. you get a, a well-written role that's just so good and that you're so you know able to identify with and you can't just replicate when you do a crappy movie so yeah no you're absolutely right about that um you know and speaking of someone who got a lot of award buzz that's a mina suvari who plays kansas in this and she was super popular at the time coming off american pie and american beauty you know that american beauty run for her again like at the time such an iconic scene i haven't seen american beauty recently i don't know if it yeah i imagine that it doesn't because like now that you bring up you know like the the writing thing i feel like that's kind of what kevin spacey lucked into because i i actually don't think he's that great of an actor so whoops (laughs) but also not because fuck him (laughs) i was gonna say yeah we we found out that he's also not that great of a person either so (laughs) yeah yeah but that's just like a clear example of like you know that movie from what i remember watching was like very well written but also at the same time i don't know if it holds up especially like in this economy where I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I don't know. Like think about the things you remember about that film, right? Like uh, you have Kevin Spacey, a B 
yep. the fact that we're like rooting on him, rooting for him to have sex with a high schooler, essentially. Right, you know, which is like, like, like what? <laughs> no, there's really bad gender issues in that film, if I remember correctly. I didn't yeah. necessarily think so at the time, but now. Also, like the predatory gay that isn't like Kevin Spacey, where I'm like, wow, what? Yeah, that, that too. So maybe, I don't know. I don't know if American Beauty holds up. I haven't seen too many people like watch it recently. So I'm Yeah, not. I don't know either, because like... I haven't rewatched it in a while and like yeah like recently like I think the last time I saw it was like maybe college very yeah, early like college around, around then for me and it was on TV too where I'm like this is interesting <laughs> why are you on TV right now but sure so yeah so Mina Mina Savari plays Kansas and I felt like I'm not gonna say she was bad. Like I don't mean that at all. But I, I sometimes I felt like she thought she was in a different movie because yeah, she was taking things very seriously, and it didn't always match the tone that the other actors were doing. And that's not a diss. Mm-hmm. I think she's, I think yeah. she's good in American Beauty. I think she's good in in the things I've seen her in. It's just something where it's like I'm guessing they told her her role was going to be more of that dark comedy thing, mm-hmm. and she just played it that way. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I don't I mean, know if you got that same vibe. I actually did. I mean, I did kind of, I mean, I don't know if you did this, because, like, normally I'm not, you know, like, one to, like, be super into ranking, but I did rank the cheerleaders of, like, who I, I enjoyed, like, just based off of, like, likability and performance, and, like, she wasn't super high for me, because I feel like she's a good actor, but kind of like what you were saying, it's like her character felt like just totally different and i was like hmm not that like i advocate for like matching you know someone's energy if they're like being a shit performer but it's like you know she just didn't she didn't gel with the rest of the crew where i was like oh yeah she just needed to like tweak some things here and there because it's like she was operating like i'm like trying to think of like what kind of movie it just wasn't this i feel like you know being the rebel gives you a lot of rooms to like play and have fun with that and like yeah it would probably be way more fun in like a black comedy you know if it was like but i'm a cheerleader you know you like that would have been I would have been like, okay, you know, play around with this. But yeah, it was just like, it was just kind of like a weird discord. I like her as an actor. I don't want Mina to come for me and be like, you broke ass bitch. What the fuck? (laughs) No, 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 no. This is something that it's definitely another product of the script getting changed and, and and turned around every which way. And it's weird because when I thought she was more of the star of this film. She's just part of the ensemble, which is fine. And she has a big role. But I know they definitely, or I feel like they definitely promoted it at the time like she had a bigger role because she was so hot over, because of, you know, again, American Beauty and such. I want to hear your ranking, but let's do it after we do the cast so we get all the cheerleaders uh, out of the way. So the next uh, cheerleader was Cleo, and she's called The Stalker. Melissa George, she's been on a bunch of stuff too. Um, nothing that came to mind, but I know I've definitely seen her. I mean, she places. came to mind with Alias because, like, um, oh, okay. had a huge, huge ass crush on 
Jennifer Garner when she was like being a spy. And it gave me like lots of, you know, ideas that weren't realistic about being a spy. Cause like who has an amazing wig wardrobe like that? Like I wanted all those wigs. Like it was just like lots of two wolves. One is one wants wigs and clothes. The other thinks that Jennifer Garner is really hot. You gay, you know, that kind of thing. And like, I remember Melissa George being on that show and like, I thought she was super pretty. So there was like a bit of like a crush with on her. But at the same time, I remember her character being like kind of shitty towards Jennifer Garner. And like, this was like baby gay me being like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> I, I honestly haven't watched Alias in such a long time. Like, I don't know if it's worth rewatching. And I kind of... Full disclosure, I wish that I know Jennifer Garner's doing like sweet, nice mom lady things, but I'm like, go back to wearing wigs and ass kicking. Like, she's still hot, you know? Like, I want her to have more personality. That's a total read right there. <laughs> but uh, what's she yeah. gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> the next cheerleader was Lucy the Brain, played by Sarah Marsh. I definitely hadn't recognized her in anything. Yeah, yeah, no idea who she was. So sorry. <laughs> There's also Hannah the Virgin, who is played by Rachel Blanchard. She's been in a bunch of things. Yeah. She, she was like the clueless TV show's share when Alicia Silverstone didn't migrate to the TV show. Mm. She, she was in Flight of the Concords. Yeah, that's where I that. recognize Sally. I love <laughs> Sally, Flight yes. of the Concords so much. So I was like, oh, Sally. That's Sally. <laughs> yeah, so she is a recognizable face, that's for sure. And then this is the cheerleader who joins last. And that's the Terminator, Fern. And, you know, I, I don't even know if she was going to their school, but she becomes a cheerleader. I, I get why, you know, to get guns, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And she's played by Alexandra Holden. And she's been in a bunch of stuff, too. We talked about her on this podcast in the glorious film, The Hot Chick. <laughs> she, oh, God. <laughs> briefly, only briefly. I think people might mostly recognize her uh, fans of 90s TV. She had a uh, recurring arc on Friends as Ross's college-age girlfriend. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, again, I feel like BuzzFeed is going to come after me. So I'm just making lots of enemies today. But I never really got into Friends. But I did. Yeah, I remember her from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, like, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Film. The Hot Chick, I have fully repressed that movie. <laughs> so no idea. So those are the cheerleaders. A heinous crime has been committed here. Did you decide that your testimony might jeopardize your personal safety? Look, Sibowitz, I said I'd tell you everything. Just hoping we can finish this up before menopause kicks in. <laughs> Let's start with the one that thinks her shit don't stink. Diane Weston. She's like a goddamn poster child for high school. Morning, sunshine. Remember, these are the best days of your life. So far. She's the A-Squad captain. She stole that title from me. You should charge her with that. All right, girls, let's take it from the top. And one, and two, one, and two. Hi, Bruce. You look cute. Tommy Hilfiger. Hoping fourth year's a charm. <laughs> I'm my waist <gasps> bag. Come up. Lisa? Is that you? I lost a little weight. Wow. This really should have been my year. I had a lot of work done. I mean, I had done a lot of work over the summer. You could tell it made her nervous. 
but they have to, you know, spread the talent around, so. I've been on the B squad for four years. <laughs> now, the squad as a whole, they're closer than Carolina Cousins. I mean, some people say they're like lesbos or something, but that's just mostly the Agoffson band. So, okay, so what's your ranking? All right, so my number one was actually, I really enjoyed Cleo, the stalker. Like, it's a weird role, because, like, you're just like, all right, Melissa George, so you just have to thirst for Conan O'Brien in every single take. But, like, she was really, like, like, I thought she did, like, a great job with it. Like, she seemed like she was having fun with it. Like, not that roles for for women have to be likable, because, like, fuck likability, but, like, I just felt like she was very, like, she brought this kind of likable edge to it. So it's, like, it had, like, good levels. It wasn't constantly, like, oh, my God, Conan O'Brien. And I was, like, yeah, love you. Then then Diane, you know, like, I'd say she was second for me. Um, she did a great job, like, carrying the role, um, even though I did think she was Anna Ferris for, like, you know, at least the first 15 minutes of the movie. But, yeah, I thought she, like, had really good energy and plays, like, airheaded really well because like you know the the role i think like would have been like a bit sharper again if it were like a black comedy but i think she was doing a great job like matching the tone and like trying to like hold the movie together essentially because she's the lead so i'm like yeah then third was a tie just based off of character really of like fern in the brain lucy like they were just kind of like for me like um i didn't hate them but i wasn't like oh man y'all are so great love this love these choices and then just character wise i was like a low tie of kansas and hannah i was like oh my fucking god (laughs) i hate both your characters so much which i think is kind of the point but it's also like like one overarching issue which again shouldn't be like terribly surprising but it's like i came into the movie expecting things to be a bit gayer and it was like the opposite of just like yeah no not at the all the usage of slurs i was like oh my god nope 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 and like it was more from like those characters so i was just kind of like yeah y'all are <laughs> y'all are trash <laughs> I'm not fucking with this. You know that they like added that to be like, well, the studios are going to let us be edgy with this one thing, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how queer positive it was before studio intervention, but just like, yeah, that that was real, real cringy. Just like a real, real slap in the face there. So that was my ranking. And then Lisa's like six because she's the worst but performance wise i would actually rank her towards <laughs> the top by being the worst she was also kind of the best <laughs> i don't mind if people have like their kind of roles you know like some people are yeah. like, oh everyone should be like a well-defined character but again we saw it in but i'm a cheerleader everyone kind of had like roles in that film too and it actually worked out well so i, right. I didn't mind that in the team i know you were very high in cleo and i mean that could also just be like me you know thinking that she's pretty too and being <laughs> like yeah <laughs> I don't know what her role was, if that made sense. Like, the stalker is not good enough of a uh, archetype for me. That's kind of weird. But it I thought she weird. did a good job, and I really liked yeah. her in there. Yeah, that's that's more the thing. Like, I don't think her role fit in what they're, you know, trying to do. Like, if we're talking 
loose archetypes. Like, I don't know if she was supposed to be, like, the slutty one, because she was really not. She was just more obsessed with Conan O'Brien, where I'm like, all right. You know, like, I had a friend in high school who was obsessed with Alan Rickman, and I'm like, she wasn't a cheerleader. And, like, <laughs> I mean, Alan Rickman's a great crush to have. So I'm like, I kind of, I feel like I, I maybe also had like a little soft spot for that too, where I'm like, you know what? Weird crush day. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, story wise, it's kind of like, you know, you have the virgin and the rebel, and then you have like the ditzy blonde, and then the brain, and then the, the girl who gets the makeover because like, oh, she didn't know how pretty she was until we gave her a makeover and now she's hot. You know, that. Like, <laughs> so it's like, they all make sense, but then Cleo doesn't make sense. But I feel like she did a good job matching the tone, unlike Kansas, who just did not match the tone, where I'm like, where's the tone, girl? Find, <laughs> find it. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> as far as non-cheerleader characters go, there's a couple people we should mention. Besides, you know, there's yes. of course like there's of course some like cameos from right. people like Jerry Springer. Like I'm not counting that. Whatever. Oh yeah, no, no, that's not where my excitement comes from. <laughs> no, I hope I have, not. No, no. I have two specifically that I'm like real here for, and I just I stand so hard. I'm curious if you you feel the same way. I mean, perhaps. But f- first, uh, I was surprised that James Marston. Yes. Jack. <laughs> in this like you know he's had such a career he has oh god yeah <laughs> cyclops himself and he's presumably a high school student uh, right. a high school well, football player in this <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know how old he was i'm not sure about high school but i love that you know he still you know gets the girl it's not like Every single other of his filmography of, like, James Marsden, nice dude, good looking, look at his hair and his piercing blue eyes. Oh, yeah, she's left him and fucked off for someone else. <laughs> like, that's his type. I don't know why. It's fascinating to me. It's, like, utterly fascinating that, like, you know, again, I feel like cheating as a narrative subject is complicated and not trying to be like overly simplistic but like the notebook i'm sorry she should have been with him over (laughs) boy ryan gosling in the real world i'm like he seems like a nice dude he looks like that like i thought he was delightful in this he was like a stupid golden retriever puppy. And I was like, yes, I live for this energy. Like, look at you. Like, I feel like he got the tone and that's what I appreciate too. I'm like, you knew you were, you were having fun. You're having fun with it. You, You understood the tone of the piece. I felt like it was still like fresh where I was like, yeah, he was, he was one of my love, loved him in this. Happy that he has a career. I mean, I don't know. I I feel like that was <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you liked him this much. Uh, me too. I think <laughs> it's just like you know he's kind of got like a. I'm not saying that this is like on the same level as some of the the like Adam Sandler films that Steve Buscemi has been in, and you're like Steve Buscemi, what a treat and a delight to see you here. Thank you for lifting my spirit. But like that's kind of the 
the vibe that I got from this. So he was like, <laughs> there, you know, hopefully I won't regret standing so hard for James Marsden. I'm just like, dude's very likable. Honestly, like, he seems to be doing pretty well for himself. It's a cool dude. What can I say? I'm surprised <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. So the other person I was going to mention is Sean Young. Yes, that's plays... my second one. Okay, <laughs> the Rebels mom. We've often had privately sean young conversations what were your thoughts well what are your thoughts on sean young okay well in this one i feel like she really disappeared into the role which like total compliment (laughs) i did not recognize her until like the end credits and i was like wait that was sean young you know like i was (laughs) gobsmacked because she was so good so it was like She was so good and so believable. I think she was like, she's an amazing actress who I feel like is just dealt such a shitty hand. Because like, yeah, she was in Blade Runner and I fully love her in Blade Runner. But like the whole Catwoman thing, it's like, you know what? I get it. Like I get wanting something so badly that you're like, no, I'm going to prove to you why I'm Catwoman. And it's like that took... That took guts to like go on a talk show in like full cat suit and be like, Tim Burton, you made a mistake. And it's like, I love Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, but like, I feel like Sean Young, like, I'm like, I would have been intrigued by that too. Like, I don't think she was instinctually wrong. It's not like, I don't know, um, Chris Pratt being like, I should be Han Solo. I'd be like, step the fuck down. <laughs> like, no absolutely not you know that and i remember um ace ventura like that movie's so cringy like that definitely hasn't held up well at all like considering like the the transphobic jokes that they made i'm just like you know i think it's it's hard you know well yeah being involved in that I forget how old she was or not, but it's like, we're so unfair to women in Hollywood who have the audacity to age. And it's like, she's still like very beautiful, you know, not that that should even really matter, but it's like the fact that like the whole joke was like, she's a beautiful lady, except she's a man. Oh, (laughs) I'm like, wow. She had to like do that and push down whatever she was feeling i don't know what she's feeling i don't know her but like for like money because it's not like she's having everyone like knock on her door being like hey sean young be in my movie even though like i feel like she should have more roles. i really like her i think she's a strong actor i hope she's doing okay like i'm in her corner I'm like yeah <laughs> and before before you mentioned ace ventura what you were alluding to um the whole Catwoman thing was Batman Returns. When Batman Returns was debuting Catwoman, she really wanted that role, and she famously showed up unannounced, unsurprisingly, on a talk show as Catwoman. She didn't get the part, but... I don't want her to be defined by that, but uh, I don't it is either. funny. I'm sorry. You it's know, funny, it, well, yeah, I hope that she can like <laughs> laugh about it now. Cause like, it's also like, again, I feel like it's so relatable that like when you want something that badly and you feel like they're wrong, it's like, yeah, I get that impulse. I, I haven't done that. I haven't ever emailed a casting director and been like, no, you're 
wrong fuck you like i i think it was just the fact that she like showed up as catwoman too that's like like how would the conversation be framed if it was like you know someone who's known for like making bold method acting moves if like daniel day lewis wrongly wanted to pitch himself to play oscar wilde like people would be like oh my god you know like look at that so bold so fresh so brave like i feel like it would be like a lot more like oh what a wacky dude if it was like you know nick cage pitching himself to be the riddler if we're sticking with the batman thing i i just just like come on she she made a bold move was it a poorly <laughs> calculated choice yes it was but you know i feel like it's it's been so many years i'm not here to shit on her i'm a huge sean young stan you know and it's 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 so rough that it's like she's had to deal with so much bullshit from hollywood and i'm like just just let her act in things keep hiring her she's so good you know, there are so many, like, mediocre white dudes in Hollywood, but she is so good. And I'm like, give her chances. Stop giving, you know, like, Jared Leto anything. Just stop it. Was there anyone else in the cast that you recognized? For me, not really. No, no. I mean, there's, like, Jerry Springer, but, like, I'm not going to get excited about him the same way that I'm, like, <laughs> here for Sean Young and James Marsden. Like, why? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's, you know, let's talk about the film then. Any Again, it's really short, but any moments that you, you want to chat about? The way it's framed, as I said, is that they have already committed this crime. We don't know what it is, but we're assuming it's a robbery of some sort. And basically, again, I could explain this whole film the real way in like 30 seconds. Mm, they're, yeah. they're the A-team of cheerleaders the ones we mentioned, with the exception of the informant, Lisa, who is ratting about the police, she's like the head of the B team. She never gets her shot. She feels like she's entitled. And again, she's framing our story for us, even though she wasn't in all these moments. So how does she know? But whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and our A-team cheerleaders, it's funny because they're not like your traditional, like really, really stuck up cheerleaders. They're kind yeah. of like painted with like a rosy brush of like, Oh, these are like nice cheerleaders and they're perfect. They have their quirks, but they're, you know, pretty great. Like the, there's no uh anti-cheerleader well, yeah. humor in this if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I would say that like overall I appreciated that like they had like a good camaraderie and it wasn't like, "Ooh, cheerleaders are catty and bitchy and like ugh. i mean the cheerleaders at my school were not popular like it's weird it was kind of like that at my school too or like a like a mix you know it wasn't like the most popular girls yeah were like the most popular girls were on the dance team which i guess was kind of like cheerleading and then like the people who weren't good enough for the dance team and were kind of like rejects were the cheerleaders it was weird it made no sense i i fully like went into high school like anticipating okay so like cheerleaders are going to be popular and they're going to make their life hell and they <laughs> that's what movies it. tell you yeah and i'm just like oh wow i feel like for me like my high school experience because i i was more like you know i had my group of friends i really wasn't interested in any sort of like popularity competition like i i just kind of like did my own thing that i i was like removed i also had like a funny reputation because i wore all black that everyone thought i was like 
like a drug dealer dating an older dude. So no one touched me. Like no one teased <laughs> me. I was just very intimidating for no other reason than the fact that I wore a lot of black and like, you know, just didn't engage with bullshit that I didn't want to engage with. So, you know, that was kind of funny. But yeah, I, I mean, I liked that. I did like there was like a good point in the sleepover i think it was this might have been cleo i honestly i forget but someone talked about jesus being sexy and i was like <laughs> i appreciated yeah. that like i appreciated that humor more than like the anti-gay humor where it was like no why are we like the random dude that lisa's like oh he's a, and then like it turns out he was straight and i'm like no no <laughs> i hate this i hate this so much yeah that was really random i hated that i hated the the prison thing even though i love sean young <laughs> i love that but like you know the the janitor that was like creeping on them and like just using like the d word i'm like god damn it why are you like this i mean i also think this there was a lot of pink and blue I feel like Judith Butler would it possibly have a field day, but I also feel like this was an example of like sugar and spice copying the homework of but I'm a cheerleader and not <laughs> doing it well. You know, like it was just very like it it intrigued me. I was like, okay, that's like a smart choice to like allude to how gender roles are stifling and that capitalism is also like a stifling system so like those combined and like i think they did a, a pretty good job making salient points about how capitalism and the the quote-unquote american dream if i'm gonna throw in some like bullshit film studies <laughs> terms is like a stifling lie that like you can only make your dreams come true if you have money and like that money is like I, I just, oh God, I, yeah. I have so many. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> like, but they didn't, if they wanted to make that statement, they totally could have, and they did not turn the dial up enough. They didn't. That. That's the thing. Like they, they started making points about you know, capitalism and just like white male privilege. And I was like, interesting, but like, they really didn't go there enough. <laughs> and I wanted they, they them to They pulled back go. on it. Yeah. They did. Yeah. I think they were like, I don't know, maybe a, well, yeah, they were definitely afraid of alienating their audience. Yeah, which is unfortunate. It, um, it is. So, like, the big thing that happens in this film is that Diane gets pregnant through James. She She's having James Marston's baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and th there is that funny scene to me where they tell the parents, like, oh, oh yeah. The head yeah, I loved the, the marriage <laughs> baby reveal scene yeah it, it was like oh you know we're together this is great you know and we're getting married oh this is awesome but we have to have a baby first like ah you know yeah yeah um i um, did like that scene i thought it was funny and the one place where it does make a comment in this film and i think successfully is that like you were saying it before money is hard to get you can't just will yourself to have a perfect life and expect it to happen you know she diane totally pictured like the white picket fence and you know like a 50s suburban kind of lifestyle and you know reality hit they're in high school they don't have any qualifications like there's that scene in the bank where they're they're like show me your resume or something like that and it's just yeah. like 
his football accomplishments and her cheer accomplishments. Right. And they're like, oh, give us this loan for this home. So whatever. They have to move into an apartment. And her optimism, which she tries to keep through the entire film, just keeps getting lower and lower and lower until she actually becomes like more of a realistic person and yeah. character than who she was at the beginning. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I thought that was one statement they actually did well here. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, I like that they showed like, yeah, she like went into the bank with like this very unrealistic expectation, but then throughout the course of the film after that it's like she's the one who's like oh yeah um we can't afford this shit like let's budget and like i mean i was kind of unclear i thought they bought a house and i was like excuse me early 2001 <laughs> like <laughs> what <laughs> but um yeah i guess it was like renting an apartment because like i know that they were talking about like oh this is a dump but i'm like that's a nice ass apartment they had a lot of space you in know new york yeah in yeah new york. like Probably like in, in wherever fantasy land they live it's not oh yeah yeah that's that's always the thing that you know just grates me with movies when it's like you know new york you have the privilege of paying like a thousand two hundred to live in a closet with no window you know <laughs> like so <laughs> i get that it's not like that across the country and that like some people be like oh my apartment's so expensive it's four hundred dollars a month and i'm like Y'all have windows and a living room and a, a, a working like, sink and a bedroom that isn't a closet. Like, you can shut up now. No, and eventually they both have to get jobs. Yeah. Whereas James Martin gets fired from a couple places because he's too honest, which is kind of funny, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I really liked that. Like, I thought that was, that was good. <laughs> I mean, I do think it, it was, like, also funny just like the video store hiring i mean it's also like yeah yeah so he eventually gets hired at the video store and they hired him because they're like you know uncool kids in high school and he's like wait they say to him wait if you work here that means like you hang out with us right and that's that's why these two kids hire him and they ended up being pretty funny yeah and diane ends up getting a job at a supermarket bank branch which is where she gets the idea hey when should they need money like let's rob a bank because she as she's pregnant she learns that She's having twins, and she really, really wants to build this, like, 50s-esque life for them. In a sense, that like, just stability. But it's not wrong of her for wanting stability. Yeah, I might not, not have no, the same taste I mean, as her, but, I mean, you know. <laughs> something that I, I just really, like, really, really hate. Because I get, like, the the idea behind it, but it's also, like, a fuck you when people are, like money doesn't buy you happiness like no we get it money is evil but like you need it in order to survive so like that's said by someone who like hasn't struggled or hasn't worried like oh fuck am i gonna be able to like pay my rent people who say that have never financially struggled is like what i'm throwing out there so like yeah and And, like twins and kids are expensive it's like my god that sounds like a nightmare that's not how i would react to pregnancy but that's also a whole other like (laughs) thing and you know also they're like 17 18 years old so imagine having to make those kind of decisions and having to face that kind of reality at that age it can't be easy oh yeah no definitely not i mean i'm I'm trying to think if, like, math-wise, they're, like, a little bit before, like, the whole, like, millennial generation that's just entirely screwed, like, right (laughs) now, financially. But it's, like, you know, that feeling where I'm, like, yeah, like, what will 
specifically like baby boomers have this idea of being like, yeah, you just you go to college and you buy a house and you get a job and it's going to pay $60,000. And if you're not doing that, like you're a fuck up. And it's like, show me where these jobs are, Karen. You know, like, where are they? <laughs> How are you going to get that, like, <laughs> that kind of job at 18 when you have no experience and every job is like, oh, yeah, this is an entry level position and you need 10 years of experience in order to like, you know, or like doesn't doesn't matter if you like graduate at the top of your class. Like capitalism is a broken system working exactly the way that it's meant to be working. So like, ugh, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much to this movie other than she decides that with her cheermates, and they're all in because they're just like very loyal, that yeah. they're going to rob this bank branch. And to be clear, they're not like going to turn into criminals. They just want to do this one heist and they want it to all be to support essentially the baby. I think they take a cut though, right? Like, do they? Yeah. Are they clear about that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because the one girl has to pay for Harvard, so yeah, they must take. Yeah, a cut. yeah, because like she's like possibly losing her scholarship, and then she gets it, but then she's like, you know what? Fuck, fuck it. I'm gonna help you guys. <laughs> you know, like I, I respect that. Like I, I appreciate that there was that like the solidarity. Like that's something I really, really enjoyed about that. And I feel like all my other notes, they're just, like, very, like, nitpicky. Or not even nitpicky, but it's just, like, random stupid moments that I'm like, wow, y'all, y'all missed this. There was, like, a scene that stuck out to me that, like, again, somehow was not gay, but was just very funny. It was, like, towards the end of the movie that they're, like, they're in this, like, weird-ass basement that I think is, like, Kansas's grandma's basement, and they're all just, like, in their bra and underwear, like, preparing for the crime, and I'm like, wow, yes, just just five girlfriends in their bra and underwear. Just, you know, no no gayness here. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that just felt kind of like, I'm like, wow, Hollywood, you hired, like, a bunch of really pretty ladies, and, like, I don't know if this was, like, studio being like, yeah, so it's lumber party they got to be sexy but like no 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 it can't be gay i guess you can't really like grade this for like realism it's not like they were trying to get at like the teen experience in 2001 but like it was it's just like like little little things like that that like i definitely think movies really shape our culture it's like such a weird you know like Art imitates life. Life imitates art. This is a circle, you know, time's a flat circle, whatever. But just like that, that like I expected sleepovers to be like that and being like just a bunch of attractive <laughs> women in bras and underwear. It's like, no. <laughs> not not at all. Or like they um I don't I forget. You you like Veronica Mars or no? Uh, I mean, I'm not too familiar. I know okay. what it is. I didn't watch it. Because they played like a little bit of Bohemian Like You. Like I did like the soundtrack for the most part. I just thought it was funny that like, I don't know if they couldn't get the rights to like the full song, but they played like 15 <laughs> seconds of it and just kind of dropped it. And it didn't make any sense where I'm like, this is a great song. Like, don't get me wrong. That, that song just like yes you know we used to be friends love that song but yeah that was a choice i feel like this movie was filled with a lot of choices that i'm like hmm, <laughs> maybe not some of the best ones no definitely not it's a little a little frustrating where you have good moments but then you're just like 
uh, like the Jerry Springer shit. I'm like, did we need Jerry Springer? Yeah, did we, we really need, need him? <laughs> I didn't need him. There was like a weird 2001 was not the kindest to the LGBTQ population. Like, I, I know. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> so as they go on this quest to rob this bank, they're hiding it from everyone, obviously. You're not going to even even James Marsden character. Because he's too honest. If he finds out, he'll definitely report them. Something will happen, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I I really like the plotting of this. I liked how... I would like it if it was a little more intricate, but I liked how they were kind of doing their thing on, like, the back of cheer boards and stuff. Yeah. They realize realize that they need guns. Mm. So through their prison connection, I guess, you know, we already talked about it, but... Uh, Mina Savari's mother, played by Sean Young, is in prison because she killed her father, you know, at childbirth, essentially. And when they go to prison, they get a lot of advice on... This is the first time she's seen her mother in years, but they they all end up going to prison and they get a lot of advice on how to rob something. And I'm assuming one of the advice is, like, you know, you need a weapon to so that people feel threatened. You can't walk in there and be like, hey, can I have some money? You know, yeah. <laughs> that's not going to work. <laughs> So there's this guy, he's an exterminator. He seems like he lives in a different part of the state even because it's suddenly like backwoods, but whatever. Yeah, I was very confused about the location. I mean, not as confusing as like some movies where I'm like, wow, I was not expecting this to be the location. Okay, but I know you've talked about this before with a different guest, but I did watch fear and for like the first until i started getting really into shots of seattle i really (laughs) thought it was boston because like some of the places they went to i'm like oh yeah that's that trashy aesthetic they got marky marky (laughs) you know (laughs) i'm like he's he's all about boston unfortunately so sorry about that on on behalf of massachusetts like i'm just gonna apologize for him being unleashed into the world like he really just should have stayed in southie where he belongs just like yeah (laughs) yeah no the placing this was a little odd it was filmed in minnesota it's supposed to take place in minnesota but they don't make that that clear oh by the way i did love this that they're like lincoln high school and they're called the fighting lincolns oh yeah yeah i mean i will say like out of um, like cheerleading uniforms like there's for the middle of the road like they still looked good and obviously they they things little little baby queer me but like yeah i i feel like just comparing the two cheerleader movies that i've seen for this podcast the orange uniforms of but i'm a cheerleader just like smoke them just just right up oh competition, yeah they definitely you know? stood out more but i do like the team name like the fighting lincoln <laughs> yeah that's that's a solid name Oh, oh, other thing. This is like just another thing that I noticed. This film was very white. It was like white with a... Did you notice that? Because I think I only counted one person of color and they were like the janitor. Like she was like the predatory, you know, going after like horse girl Hannah, who like absolutely would be a horse girl. (laughs) Like great, great acting choices and and energy from her. But like, you know, I've never been to Minnesota, but I would at least assume that there would be like a few more people of color instead of just like blinding sea of whiteness yeah yeah i totally understand that but again it wasn't very common at the time yeah movies like that especially like at the time it was like oh when we want to depict suburban americana we depict it as white 
I think it's a conversation that absolutely needs to be brought to the foreground of like places that you don't necessarily think are diverse do have more diversity within them. It was a very white film. So I guess you can kind of take it how however you want. And like, I don't think it would have been wise to like, you know, uh, necessarily like have like, we're going to have like the lone black character and like, you know, the school. Like, I don't know. I don't expect this movie to break ground for 2001, nor do I trust the filmmakers of this movie to mm. be the ones breaking that ground. Because you know, I mean, you alluded to it, you know, if there was a black character, they would be token as hell. You know? the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the thing is like, I, I, I agree. I just, it's frustrating that it's like, generally like overall like i do think that casting should be more inclusive or like people should think about like what they're representing how they're representing it yeah kind of what you were saying of like this isn't a film grounded in realism and like i don't want token characters i don't want that to be the the only representation for marginalized community of being like you know pick amongst the breadcrumbs and like who gets to be like the one you know, success story that we're just going to like, you know, prop up and be like, see, you can do it too, because this person, and it's like, that's one person, that's not everyone, you know? So I think it's more infuriating that this movie got made and it was made so toothless. I wanted more teeth and I wanted more, you know, nuance and representation where I'm just like, if you're going to go with something that's heightened, like go heightened. Don't be that, that douchebag that's like, well, um, in the middle ages, there were no black people in England. So game of Thrones (laughs) can't have any black people. (laughs) You know, it's like, dude, it's, it's a fucking, that's like a shitty fantasy show that has dragons and zombies. So like, you could absolutely like have a, a more like inclusive cast. Like with this movie, I'm like, you're doing a movie about cheerleaders robbing the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You couldn't expand it like a little bit more. It's not based on that true story. I know it was inspired by one, but no one's watching it because of that. Right. And again, I, you know, m- maybe I'm different, but I, I'm not like, again, if something's historical, just get the best actor. But yeah, like, you know, looks do matter in something that's historical. It, it depends, right? Like, it's like, I wouldn't want, you know, like, again, I'm being an Asian American actress and tree and trans person. But like, if they're making like a biopic about anime Wong, I would not want the, them to be like, so we cast Scarlett Johansson. I'd be like, exactly. you can fuck right off. But it's like, you know, I think that's something very depressing for like, like to notice and I can only imagine how depressing it is to like not be a white person and be watching and be like cool 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 so the only representation I have is like the creepy janitor <laughs> great <laughs> you know <laughs> especially for, because like the the janitor scene bugged me so much because we we're women of color they're even more marginalized than like we are white women so it's like you know that stereotype is already so damaging to queer women and it's like you know adding that other layer of being like wow the one person of color you cast was like a black woman and she's like being like real sleazy i'm like great like that's your comedy can you can you please fuck off and make a 
different choice. Thank you. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I, I totally get that. If I were to like make edits to this film, because, oh my God. I, we'll I... say this. We'll say what you suggested. If this a version of this film were to come out today, I think it's definitely a more diverse cast that we would be getting, or at least hopefully we should. <laughs> yeah. Again, especially this is an ensemble. So there's a lot of room for... Uh, differentiating people. And yeah, I, I think you could still depict the American dream with a person of color in the lead. Like, I don't think that those right. things are mutual, mutually exclusive. I was just saying that I am just completely not surprised that Sugar and Spice, a 2001 bad yeah. teen film, is... <laughs> not diverse at all like yeah <laughs> i mean i'm 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 very it's like i'm disappointed but not surprised with that too that's that's more my stance with this film it's like not expecting the you know like highest ground to be broken but it's still just kind of disappointing that i'm like wow the bar is so low you guys it's so low and you can't <laughs> even clear it if this movie were to be remade today which like please anyone with the budget who like cares about inclusive representation and wants to like make a good like fuck you capitalism film yeah i would absolutely like have yeah a more inclusive cast and like really go in because like the moments where they they actually like attack like you know white suburban middle class capitalist ideology and like when they go into like gender a little bit i'm like yeah that's that's great. Exactly. Do and this. I think that's the point. Like, there is actually room for it. Where we run into things is, like, Sugar and Spice is unnecessarily, like, white. You yeah. Know? It doesn't need to be because this is just a silly, silly thing. Right. <laughs> like, right. That's the thing that really bugged me about that, where I'm like, dude, you want to make fun of, like, suburban Minnesota white kids? By all means. Like, go <laughs> but that's not it. this. You but know? It's, it's not, not this. Yeah. It's not specific enough to be that. And I can't believe we've, not, I wouldn't call this a debate, but, you know, I can't believe we're on a, we're having a ph- philosophical chat on this film because it's such not that film. But <laughs> it could be, though. That's the thing. That's, it could be. Yeah, that's what's frustrating about this film for me is that it's like on paper or like even like on DVD cover. I mean, the DVD cover is still like, very white but you know just ignoring that it's like on paper you're like oh this is really interesting like i like this i want to see what happens and you watch it and it's like they've got these like like i really liked the passing the tampon scene like i thought that was Mm -hmm. great like that's a great visual and like you know like the visuals of like them walking in the you know like betty doll cheerleader mask to the bank i'm like great excellent love this you know like the busby burke like kind of reference with like their cheer routine and i thought that lisa's character was like again the worst but like in a very accurate way where it's like there are so many white people who are like yeah i can do that but um i just i don't try and like like she's not a good cheerleader like throwing it out there she has absolutely no self-awareness of the fact that like yeah she knows all the rules but like she can't do the skill and she hasn't worked at the skill so like why the fuck would they pick her for the the a squad where it's like you can't do shit lisa you gotta go work on your game and then try it again yeah. and let's Just, be honest like part of the skill in being a high school cheerleader is not literally the cheer skill you have to know like your politics as well and be diplomatic okay this is gonna burn a lot of people and i know like cheer on netflix was very popular but it's not a real sport in a sense that like i'll take that back it is a real sport but it's not a 
points scoring sport. It's a judging sport. And it's something that only exists in this country and has its roots in some very, uh, you know, problematic right. roles, right? Like bad gender roles. I think that's changed a lot. I think cheerleading now is more physical than ever. And again, well, yeah, I'm not an expert, it, but that's what I see. I think it's more diverse than ever. I, uh, you know, I, I went to a Catholic college, St. John's, and I just went to a game the other day, and they had a couple of male cheerleaders. And on the male, sorry, they had a couple of male dancers on the dance team. And honestly, they weren't, you know how like male cheerleaders and female cheerleaders have different roles, theoretically? Yeah. Usually the guys are throwing, like on the dance team, and again, I'm going to say this was a Catholic college, but on the dance team, the guys were doing the same exact moves as the girls. Like, they weren't differentiated. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like, it's awesome that we've come here. So it's important to realize that while we have a long way to go, we certainly have made, you know, tremendous strides. Because if this was even five years ago or ten years ago, those guys on the dance team might have been laughed at for doing those moves. Right. I mean, the film kind of, like, has, like, the one, again, like, not gay, gay kid that they just, like, shit on for the entire movie. Well, yeah. And there's male cheerleaders, but they're also, like, adults who are just there to, like, throw them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) They're they're clearly not high schoolers. But but I make that point in saying that, like, I love how you brought that up with Lisa, because she's also not, like, doing the things she would need to do to be named to the A-team. And, again, it's not just cheering and being athletic you really have to chum it up with this group and to be honest with you of all film cheerleaders they didn't seem that mean so she could have done it well that's that's the thing it's like yeah i mean i i will go out there and say that like i think cheerleading well yeah it's not a points you know scoring kind of sport and i fully don't care about sports like and i think that there's a lot of like sexism and misogyny that like comes into like being like oh well they're just pretty and they have their pom-poms i'm like they do fucking flips and like that pyramid thing i'm like that's hard i could never be a cheerleader (laughs) i don't have that skill again very comedic and like i appreciate i don't know if they were like intentional point that out but it's like that mediocre privilege confidence usually exhibited by like straight white dudes where they're like yeah i can rap i heard rap once and it's like no you can't fucking rap just like right off the bat you have to learn about history and music and rhythm and like you don't you don't got that (laughs) like it's not just something you do you work at it you work at skill you can't just walk out and be like yeah i'm gonna be a cheerleader Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be on the a squad it's like can can you do a cartwheel no like she had like no sense of rhythm which was great <laughs> so i was like i'll say to that sure but i don't know if i don't know if everyone on the team did i don't know enough about cheerleading yeah i was talking more about the aspects of cheerleading like when i went to high school the cheerleaders got paired up with a football player and they had to bake for them you know right like th- those aspects of cheerleading are non-athletic and hopefully have been thrown out in today's cheerleading. But there is a political element that still exists here that she's not exhibiting. In terms of her skills, I don't know the difference. I know she wasn't doing a, a lot of the other things, but they also weren't highlighting her either. But, I mean, maybe you're right. I mean, I I just felt like like with the audition where it was like she was on the beat. I'm like, you're on the B squad for a reason. Because, like, a lot of her character, again, like, I thought she did a really good job. Because I've definitely, like, met people like this. You know, like, people who think that they are the shit. But then they go out there and it's like, no, 
you have so many areas you can improve on. You know, it's just like a complacency thing. Because like, full disclosure, I'm not Meryl Streep. Like, I got so much shit that I still feel like I'm working on and learning and trying to be better constantly because I feel like that's an underlying drive that should be there with art is like, where can you improve? I think that's very accurate for like high school. Like, Lisa hasn't faced much, much hardship, you know? There are legit struggles, but at the same time, her having the audacity like yeah i'm just gonna go straight to the a squad it's like are you no (laughs) for sure a couple other things i wanted to mention well well let's bring it home right yeah the whole robbery thing it's very visually pleasing because they get these and you said it before uh betty doll which is like barbie you know yeah like it's it's barbie but they don't have the rights to barbie Excuse me? Yeah, hi. Um, are you robbing the supermarket or the bank branch? The bank! Okay, so do you want everybody down or just the people at the bank? All bank of you! Branch. Bank branch! All of you! Shut up, I'll handle this. Bank branch only! Everybody else is going about your business! Shit, this ain't working. Everybody down! They get these masks, these Betty doll masks, and I do remember this from the trailer and and the posters and like the DVD cover. They rob it like that, and you know we've seen this in other movies before. Point Break being one of them, mm. not with the Betty doll mask, right? Right. They're all in like matching gear, and Diane's pregnant, but they go in, and and what happens? Oh, uh, I think we trailed off at this point. Yeah. Since they since they need to get the guns. The deal to get the guns without paying like twelve hundred dollars or whatever it was, which is way too cheap for that amount of assault weapons anyway. Right. That's America, and it's scary. <laughs> um, and and the way to get around paying is they have to let the one girl on the cheer team. Again, it's not even clear that she's on the B team or she goes to their high school, but whatever. <laughs> and that's Fern. By the way, Fern. I don't know how old she was, so I'm not saying this in an objectifying way. She's a very pretty high schooler even when she's supposed to be ugly right you know? yeah but they're like oh god do you smell you're gross how- i think they wanted us to be like how is this girl ever gonna be on the team she doesn't look cheer material but she does you know? yeah like, so it is funny her whole angle but you know it is what it is at the end of the day she's on the team and i know this further pisses off lisa and when they do the robbery as you mentioned before lucy doesn't want to jeopardize her scholarship so she's out fern is in because they only have five masks or whatever and right before they're about to rob the place there's a whole thing with a van too we don't have to get into it but (laughs) right, right when they're about to rob the place Lucy shows up in a Richard Nixon mask, and I guess it's visually interesting. It is to me. Yeah. And they go in, and they don't even know how to rob the store. Like, there's a cashier. It's like, are you robbing the supermarket, or are you robbing the bank in here? And it's like, oh, just the bank. Wait, no, I need everyone on the ground, you know? Yeah. And they do this robbery. And again, it's a, it's a visually 
interesting scene. It's probably the most visually interesting scene in the film. However, you know, after this, that's when they get ratted out. That's when Lisa, like, reveals that, yeah, it's a confession, but she's going to say, I have an alibi. They were with me the entire time because Diane cut a deal with her, like, while I'm pregnant, you could be cheer captain. And that was all she needed. And then everyone lives happily ever after. And we'll we'll talk about, like, what their fates are. But my one comment on this ending was, I was like, I enjoyed it, but that's it? It didn't oh, feel yeah. like a climax, you know? It no. felt like this would be one robbery to maybe lead to another robbery. The stakes weren't risen. They just kind of did it, and that's what it was. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, it, it was kind of like just the, the equivalent of like, womp, womp. Where like, I've seen some films that you're like, wait, what? That's it? In like, kind of like an exciting, like sort of, you weren't expecting something to happen. And you're like, oh my God, they just changed the game with this ending. And then there's like, you know, wait, that's it? <laughs> the fuck did you do? You didn't, you know, like exceed my expectations. You just kind of ended. <laughs> so I feel like for me, it was kind of on that. Like, I get that they did the like after story you know like oh like here's where they are and it's like oh i don't really care because <laughs> like <laughs> the stakes just dissipated so it was like yeah oh. like, for me it's like oh they all have money okay like, yeah <laughs> yeah but, but again i i just i want to say i did enjoy the robbery scene i just i wanted more because finally they've pulled me into something that i'm actually really interested right. in and it was just like oh and again, they had more time. <laughs> yeah. You know, they kind of mined some things for comedy effectively of like, you know, with their incompetence, but they could have done that more, I think. Like I wanted Absolutely. more. I wanted more more stakes and like more comedy with that. You know? They really, really spent most of the movie setting things up and they didn't spend enough with the fun action that like that could have been explored there. They could have done a robbery like midway. Mm explored more after and th- done like another one for some reason and like that's where they get caught but yeah. no it was just it, it, again it felt like the start of something and not the end of something yeah um, agreed i mean i think that they again redoing this movie like they should you know make the setup a little quicker like a little punchier you know because they could condense a lot of like two-thirds of the movie into like montages or like keeping the things that worked like i thought the the james marsden job fails was great you know or like the bank scene or like keeping like the things that you know are relevant points that i think they're trying to make but like chop down other things they really needed to like get to more robbery or like you know kansas is the rebel like you can make jokes about getting guns easily because it's scary and true mm-hmm. you know i i feel like the the fern plot was kind of like okay i guess we're doing this but why <laughs> i mean it, it is funny that it's like she's supposed to be like you know like dirt goblin where it's like oh god she's you know she's unfixable and it's like dude she's really pretty like <laughs> I, I don't know what y'all are <laughs> on about you know <laughs> I mean, maybe she's not great at cheerleading. I get, I, like, those aspects were funny. Like, oh, you're forced yeah. to put on this person on the team. I feel and like they could have done that, like, a little bit more. Not saying that they need to, like, devote something to being, like, let's have. No, know, but, like, I, a, I, think but so. like, I think that should be it. Not, like, making her pretty. It should just, yeah. just be more, like, oh, we have to figure out a routine where we can hide 
the fact that she's not experienced in this. But nobody's yeah. just like, oh, she stinks. Oh, she's at the top of the pyramid. <laughs> right, right. Where I'm just like, where's where's the struggle with that? I, th- I think it's more funny if when she comes, like when uh, the exterminator is like, this is my daughter, and she comes out, that she's already pretty. Like, it's like, oh, I expected her to be, like, gross, you know? Yeah. And she's not, but she still has her interests that are, like, very much like her dad, like her the fact that she wants to be a mercenary and such. Right, right. <laughs> um, that would have been great, you know? And I feel like that would have been way more fun to to play, too. So, like, yeah, that's... Like, I think that they definitely needed to, like subvert expectations a little bit more because that's always like the funniest thing with comedy so it's like absolutely you know say what you need to say about like the beginning and middle but like really get to the robbery get to robbing people get to like hijinks with crime (laughs) and like you know what are the loose ends especially since i thought it was done so well and that it looked good on camera so again it's a mystery to me why they didn't focus more on this yeah a couple of funny things at the end that i noted like mtv news th- this blows up like everyone around the country wants to know about this because again if you got photos of this robbery it probably would go viral even in a yeah. time before like that was even like really an internet thing but um again mtv news is like one of the people who breaks it which i think is funny because like when you're a kid or at least when you're someone who's like watching mtv mtv news like matters but like would you give a fuck right now if mtv news broke something like just shut up oh no it would just be kind of i'd be surprised if anything (laughs) um so in the end of the day when they all have their money it shows in the like the pre-credit scene if you will what they all did with their money uh, which i like but i also like you said it didn't really matter to me in this film i wish it mattered more but i i do like when movies do this because i got questions <laughs> yeah yeah no totally we start with um well i guess technically we start no we don't because you know, we learn that lisa's the captain of the cheer thing but we get her fate later which is stupid yeah <laughs> hannah oh, I hated that <laughs> hannah um opened up like one of the top horse riding schools in the world and we didn't talk about this but like she's a goody you know christian girl but she says she had her first sexual experience at church camp when she rode a horse so the entire film she's like asking about horses and good for her to chase that feeling whatever um so (laughs) so that's what her fate is Fern, it's just she grew into her looks. I'm like, she looks the same, and she was always pretty. What yeah, are you that about? that one was dumb. I mean, I didn't rank in dumbness, but like that, it's yeah. I mean, that's just I hated that. <laughs> hated yeah, and it. so she became like a hot mercenary. <laughs> yeah, which is like, what did the '90s need eye eye exams? I know this is 2001, <laughs> but 2001 is 1999. Let's just be real about that. <laughs> yeah, so Kansas. Use the money to appeal her mom's conviction and get her out of jail, which is nice. You yeah. know, if you're going to do something with the money, that's a good thing to do. Lucy graduated from Harvard, but that, that says she invented a pizza box and owns her own island. What's that about? Yeah, I didn't understand the pizza box thing. Are we missing this like pop culture from 2001 where like that's like a big deal? Like, I, it makes me wonder if like they not have pizza boxes. <laughs> like, what's, what's so special about this pizza box that she invented? It's not even like, I don't know if they were aiming for like a, 
a Romy and Michelle like post-it note kind of thing, you know, where like the whole joke of that is like, no shit, they didn't invent post-it notes. And that was really dumb for them to like go into their reunion and be like, yeah, we're the inventors of post-its. And it's like, I love Romy and Michelle. Like that movie's great. Post-it notes are totally different, you know, like yeah. pizza boxes, like you see that they have a, like generic art and I hope that person made money, but do you need a Harvard degree to do that? I don't Whatever, think maybe you that's do. Or like, <laughs> like, were they not made of car? Like, I don't, there are just so many questions about yeah. that one it's, thing. It's not even like worth the joke. Yeah, um, <laughs> and not enough answers. <laughs> so Cleo ends up becoming the star of Scream 8, which is kind of funny, you know? Yeah. Ends up dating Conan O'Brien. And that was actually Conan in the photo. Uh, he agreed to like do the quick photo with her. So, I mean, that was cool. Good Ooh. for Conan being a part of this, this strange film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Props. Props there. <laughs> and next is your favorite ending, how Lisa ended up marrying Bruce, who actually wasn't gay. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and you've already gone into all the ways that this is. Yeah. But I mean, I'm I'm happy to, you know, just beat this sack of shit to death like um. as far as a, <laughs> as just a plot point of, i hate it i hate it so so much flames on the side of my face that character unnecessary that plot point unnecessary everything just like not funny or i'm just like what yeah, it's supposed to be like funny gay <laughs> which yeah. man, it, and- a sign of the times but also unnecessary the character isn't invested enough for me to even yeah think that that turn was funny like it, let's say they wanted to like be really clever and um and but i'm a cheerleader we got a character who everyone thought was gay and ended up being straight right and that was like clever because the character wasn't invested in a lot yeah. i'm not like a- against like oh everyone thinks bruce is gay but turns out you were the judgmental ones he's straight mm. because like that that is not unfunny to me because that happens in real life right right but oh yeah we we don't know anything about this guy and it's just like oh he's gay i'm kind of using a different word and so, actually he's not ha ha like you know like no yeah invest more invest more in him but i digress maybe maybe he'll be an answer to a category i ask later but right we'll, we'll move on <laughs> okay so and then the last one is uh diane and james marsden she never tells james marsden she says they she bought a lottery ticket and he ends up being a senator and everything is hunky-dory yeah which i mean <laughs> you know what like fine i'm okay with that one i do appreciate that i don't know it's sort of like going back to like the rando like gay character not exceeding expectations even though they're trying to do that whole like oh he's actually straight you're the fools and it's like no you're the fool i hate you but like with him <laughs> i love that his character is like yeah he's like doofy puppy where you're like oh sweetie it's so it's so good for you that you're you're good looking because you're really not that bright but like i appreciated that he like was getting into like being a dad and was like i'm gonna you know like practice like you know being supportive giving birth and like it's like his heart was in the right place he wasn't just like you know the the typical jock i'm just gonna fuck off now that like you're pregnant he's like nah man i want to be a dad i'm gonna support you emotionally and like i'm like it's nice good for you movie for doing that or like not having that be a conflict where i'm like wow way to like i don't know i i can't say if that's like realistic or not in the the real world because i've never had <laughs> that experience but i'm like i appreciated that i thought that was like that was very nice 
Like, it's not great. They don't get a medal or a cookie, but I'm like, good job for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start to give out awards. First is the Wooderson Award. Who's This is a character who you would have liked to see more of. Is there anyone you wanted the, the film to focus more on? Well, I mean, I think that, like, again, I wish that the... the I don't even know... I don't know his name, but the, the dude that they're just like, oh, you're gay. Like, yeah, I, I would have loved to, like know more about him or again like, we have time here this yeah. movie is so short yeah. invest in him if you right? want to have that joke pay off in the end invest in him yeah that that would be like my my pick but at the same time i don't know if i like fully trust this movie to be like no of course not of course not like as smart as like but i'm a cheerleader because they're not they're they're the kid that copies your homework and you're like oh you're gonna get a c and and get in an a so like what what did you do but i would say him yeah me too couldn't agree more <laughs> i think they handled the ensemble well i would have liked to see more from everyone yeah but that's just because the movie's too short <laughs> yeah okay long duck dong award whose character would you delete from the film because perhaps that they're insensitive we certainly have that here or just mm. like blah i don't really care i mean can i delete multiple people is sure. that be like yes. be, do the snap thanos ruthless just like snap out of this world okay perfect because <laughs> like the the prison janitor immediate cut you know like just the the like um the prison scene with like the jokes of like haha old ugly lesbians are all over the hot sexy straight cheerleaders i'm like now nah, we don't need this we don't need this we just need sean young you know to come in and be a boss ass motherfucker you know and like act the shit out of everything that's what we need so i'd delete just so many things from the the prison visit scene i'd be like great you're all gone um jerry springer who needs him i don't need him that joke was stale in like austin powers we don't need Jerry Springer. I would say those would be the two that I would just be like, <laughs> yeah, gone. So I guess that's like, I don't know, five to seven people. No, I agree with those choices. And I, I have to say, overall, this movie, I have a positive experience from this movie because it's one of the rare ones where I'm like, it's bad because I want more out of it. Yeah. Not, it's bad because I need to shut this movie off. Right, right. <laughs> um, and, and I'm learning that now as we give out these awards. Okay, Cameron Fry Award. Did anyone look too old to be a high schooler? I mean, I think that James Marston. <laughs> oh, 100%. I don't know how old he was. He was at least 27, 28. Yeah. Maybe even 30. Because he looked thing. like a dad. Yeah, like he he looked fine. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be shitting on his look. But, like, I'm just like, my no. dude, I never went to high school with, like, any dudes who looked like him. Like, he, he that was looked, a man. That was, know, a, that was man. a man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that was like a sexy ass man there. Not like, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, a little bit took me out. <laughs> like, where I'm just like. Oh. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree you more. You know, yeah. I don't think he's <laughs> got again, a, He did a good job. He did. You, you really liked him. but I do. I, I, I really, yeah. You know. But still. He, yeah, he way weird having him as like I'm a, I'm seventeen. <laughs> yeah, like would it be nice to have have gone to school with like like if seventeen year olds like looked like that? I'd be like, okay, yeah, that would have been <laughs> that would have been great. But no, um, no, they don't. And I've I've never met a seventeen year old that looks like a grown ass man. So like, 
Mm. Yeah, definitely. He's. I don't think he's won any awards for anything. So, James, buddy, your first award. Congrats. Claps for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so critics did not like this film. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it 28%. The audience, not that much better, 42%. But we're watching it in a different age with a different lens. So, and an A-plus to F scale, what will you give Sugar and Spice? I'd give it a C. So I had a lot of strong negative feelings about this. But like you were saying before, I feel like there was a lot of potential. And like, I I watched it all the way through. I didn't hate it. I didn't turn it off. It wasn't like um, watching Norbit, like with Eddie Murphy, where you're like, Jesus, <laughs> fuck, what? I need to leave now. Like, it wasn't like that. It was very much like I wanted it to be better. I was rooting for it. You know, if we're going to quote like, Tyra Banks, you know, like we were all rooting for you. And this is what you you did. No, for you know? sure. I've never yelled at a movie like this in my life. This but is yeah. rare. This is rare that you're like, oh my God, I need more, not because it's good, but you need more because there's a seed of a potentially great idea here that's not realized. Some people would be like, yeah. F for that. But I'm the kind of teacher who I'm going to give it a similar grade. And I think it's high, but I'm going to give this film a C plus because I just think, again, I think that it has a lot of good ideas. You know when the teacher would write that? Like, yeah. there were some good ideas here. You know, right. You didn't quite get the point. Right, exactly. And it's also not like one of these things that like, you know, I love the movie Jennifer's Body. And I feel like upon its release, everyone was like, oh, this is terrible. Fuck this movie. But then like years later, they're like, you know what? We were really harsh. This is a good film. Like what? What was up with us? Like, I don't feel like it's like that. I don't think it's like a, a hidden gem that came out at the wrong time. You know, I'm like, this is of its time. It's just frustrating because there are good ideas that you have to like dig for and you're like oh why couldn't you focus on this <laughs> yeah no exactly all right so what would your sugar and spice sleeping bag look like Ooh. okay um i feel like i would want like i'd, I'd want something kind of you know Similar to like hyper aesthetics of, but I'm a cheerleader. Maybe it's a little, a little petty to be doing the whole like this is what you could have been kind of move. <laughs> like I, I would want to keep with like the early two thousands like color scheme of like they loved lavender. So I'm like I'd go with like something like lavender and satin and like you know have like <laughs> matching like but I'm a cheerleader like pajamas that are like you know have like a lavender robe and like are just like full-on <laughs> glam so like i think I i'd it. keep it you know pretty pretty simple like that a little little tiny bit of shade to it what about you what would your sleeping bag be like so you know i, I don't always pick but i definitely had one for here i want the sleeping bag to look like the packaging of like the betty doll with Ooh. the with the betty doll in it you know oh yeah yeah because i did like the mask i thought it was like uh interesting yeah. and it, again i think it harkened back to when this was more of like a dark comedy because that would have played really well. And again, I thought it right. played really well here. Oh yeah. I mean, if I wanted to be like a real weirdo, my sleeping bag's going to have a face of Richard Nixon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... that, that would be weird. 
<laughs> but I I liked the yeah the Betty dolls. It was a good aesthetic, you know. Like I I like that sleeping bag. It sounds awesome. So if you and I walked into James Marsden's uh, rental store, whatever it was called here, I I can't remember, but there was a sale for rent two movies, get one free, and we rented Sugar and Spice, which would be very meta at his store, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We rented Sugar and Spice. Uh, What two other movies would we have to rent to complement our slumber party? Oh, well... Anything you want, though. I feel like... I mean, there are so many good movies that came out in 2001. So I would, I'd throw in like my, my palate cleanser, my like perfect, beautiful Moulin Rouge. I, I love Moulin Rouge so much that I feel like I, I would want to watch that. That would be like one of my picks and being like, look at this perfection, like revel in it. It's beautiful and wonderful and flawless. <laughs> the other one. I would definitely go for a comedy because I would actually want to laugh. Oh, sorry, James Marsden. I feel like just kicking, <laughs> kicking you while you're down working at your video store. So like I would probably go for like a, a classic lowbrow like Velocipaster or maybe I'd even go for whatever works, like whatever it takes, whatever that film is called, like the one that we, we need to do this Let's podcast Let's see, what is about. it called? Uh, it's not Whatever Works. That's actually, like, I think a Woody Allen film with uh, Larry David. Oh, which, no! <laughs> it was you. supposed to be really terrible. So, yeah, let's definitely not watch that oh, one. Oh, it's um, Whatever It Takes. Like, whatever It Takes, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. I, I like that. You know, uh, we could have gone with Reservoir Dogs or Heat. So, well, it's a laugh riot for the whole family, and Tim Conway is just about as funny as they come. Especially in wait the a scene minute, where he- Wait a minute. You watch the Apple fucking Dumpling Gang? I'm only allowed G movies. Am I the only one who cares about this? I mean, at least I watch Dog Day Afternoon. Excuse me. Could you try to keep your voice down, please? We're not introducing anger into the womb. Yeah, well, how would you like me to introduce my foot into your ass? What's this? I'm sorry, Diane, but I'm not going to watch my dreams fade away because the Virgin Mary here thinks she can get ideas from kitty movies. Those of us who have parents know they have rules because they care. Are you sure you want to go there? Um, maybe. Ow! You guys! Or some of the films they use. I mean, I do love Point Break. Or Point Break, even. So, yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) tender, but I feel like, you know, the heart wants what it wants. And apparently, my heart just about Moulin Rouge and whatever it takes. (laughs) All good. I love it. And we'll definitely cover whatever it takes on this podcast. Unfortunately, Point Break does not qualify, but it's all good. (laughs) Okay, Jenny, you know, this was a blast. Love talking this movie. Honestly, I even loved watching it because it was fast and painless and yeah it gave us a lot to talk about yeah i mean it's it's not a bad way to spend quarantine like is it you know like full full disclosure you know is it going to be like watching a bad movie like Velocipaster or watching twilight you know that whole series no no it doesn't it's have like that not, kind of it's bad not movie that effect. kind of it's it's more like just kind of a weird you're gripped by it and you're frustrated by it, but you keep watching it. And you're like, I'm glued to this for inexplicable reasons. So like, <laughs> you know, um, I mean, also just anyone who's of the LGBTQ 
LGBTQ community, this movie's pretty disappointing. So like if you have like like a, a cheerleader fetish, it's gonna do nothing for you. I'm so sorry. No, no. In that respect, no. <laughs> yeah. And just like if you don't wanna hear like any slurs, which again, totally get, like, or or jokes about like trans people because they only had the one thing it's jerry springer like you know just pass pass on it but yeah, otherwise we didn't need that you know check out if you got nothing better to do <laughs> it's a good distraction <laughs> yeah, absolutely and it definitely fits in with our uh, cheer mondays here so remind people where they can follow you on the social media all right so for social media i'm on instagram i am only on instagram i don't really fuck around with facebook so you can find me on instagram at jenny.o'connell that's my professional modeling acting one and then i have a memes account that's jenny and the bat sex so you know that one you just get memes and doggos and selfies and whatever the fuck i feel like posting so that's where you can you can check me out if you want awesome you know again always love having you on we'll have you on Again, for sure, and you know, thanks for thanks for bringing two movies to Cheer Monday. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for having me over at your slumber party. I don't know what that voice was, so I'm just <laughs> I committed to it, and I'm also just going to close out with another Chewbacca. What a bizarre way to end an episode, but I love it. It's so cool, it's so unique, so different. Chewbacca sound. Woo! Thank you, thank you, Jenny, for that. But whew, I gotta be honest with you, I've been waiting for this moment, maybe the entire history of the podcast. Because next week, we're gonna talk about one of my favorite high school movies. Oh, yeah. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. <laughs> What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Well, why should he get to skip school when everybody else has to go? Syphilitic meningitis. He never gets caught. This guy in my biology class said that if Ferris dies, he's giving his eyes to Stevie Wonder. Well, he's very popular, Ed. I recall Central Park in fall. Ferris Bueller, do you know him? Yeah, he's getting me out of summer school. They think he's a righteous dude. Think you'll be alive this weekend? I can see him denying popular beliefs, setting off on some impossible mission. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. He does whatever he wants. You know, as long as I've known him, everything works for him. Whatever he wants. He's very cool. And he never gets nailed. Ferris can do anything. Oh, he's such a sweetie. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. It's a fool's paradise. He is just leading you down the primrose path. Matthew Broderick. Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because life is too beautiful a thing to waste. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to talk Ferris Bueller's Day Off. If you listen to this podcast, you know I've had subtle Ferris Bueller influences everywhere. And we're finally doing it, kind of like our sophomore year finale. And our guest is going to be one of my favorite guests, Christian Larson. I can't wait. I got a feeling he really loves this movie. I really love this movie. Hopefully you guys do too. So that's your homework. Watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off and be prepared to listen to an awesome episode for it this Friday. And also, of course, vote for our sophomore superlatives. They're still up and they're going to go basically till we record that episode. So 
From Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I'll say it. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. I'll leave you with a song that we brought up on the podcast. It only played for a little bit in the movie. Maybe we'll play it for a little bit longer. And that's Bohemian Like You by the Dandy Warhols. See you Friday. Later, dudes.